It's funny, I was in a tent last week. We weren't even getting going. With two tubs of water. I just felt like, man, God. And Joe and I were talking about it after, and I just felt like it was almost like Not only could you feel the thick glory in the in the cloud, and the like, literally, I could see the cloud of God in the tent. I wept usually the first hour, and God just began to minister to people. It was beautiful. I say that to to just encourage you. If God did something amazing for you. Just let us know, and I don't know, well, this will go out probably as a podcast, but I just, if you know people who went and God did some amazing things, please let us know, because I know this, there was, there was just so many people that got touched, deep, deep things the Lord did, and so tonight I just feel like there's, um, there's some things that the Lord wants to rehearse. Pastor Todd basically reiterated some things that I had said on the first night, and I'm going to go rehearse them again tonight. Because I don't think, I, I feel like the angel of the Lord has come out of Revelation 11, and he's taken a measuring rod to this place at least, all right? I'll just say this place. And he's measuring the temple the altar and those who worship there. How many like the idea of an angel coming with a measuring rod? I don't know if I'm too keen on it, but we'll just go with it. Because I've been around some of those. <laughs> but I think we're going to have a few testimonies. Is that okay? I want some people to to share, I want, Robbie, I want you to come share. Can you come share? Did you know you were going to share? Just tell me, just come here two seconds. Sit with me right here. You can sit down if we want. <laughs> what happened? Just tell me quick, what happened to you when you went and get baptized? I guess I felt the Holy Spirit <laughs> pretty well. <laughs> what happened to you? Uh... I started dying laughing, and it was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. So what did you feel? Why Why the joy? Uh, I don't know, because it was the Holy Spirit. <laughs> so did anything happen when you went under the water? Other than your dad baptizing you, which was pretty special too, right? So did you just come up with giggles or what? Uh, I guess, yeah. <laughs> did you feel any different when you came out of the tub? Yeah. Um... I felt like I experienced something that I wasn't going to forget. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just tell you, you had contagious laughter in there. The problem was I was over-baptizing people, and then I'm trying to have four eyes, you know, looking at people, what's happening over here and what's happening over here at the same time. So 
it was such an awesome time. Um, Donna, did you have something I want from before that you wanted to share or no? Yeah, all right. June 15th I was watching television and I love the word games and I, I felt the wooing of the Holy Spirit we all feel the wooing of the Holy Spirit in different ways mine it was like static electricity swirling around the top of my head and I said, okay, you want me to shut the TV off? So I shut the TV off. And I reclined in my reclining chair. And I waited. And I was very still and very quiet. And all of a sudden, he touched my shoulders. He touched every single part of my body my knees, my ankles. And I felt like, like he gave me a punch in the stomach. And I've had a lot of issues in my stomach and belly area. And it was like something shifted inside of me. I don't know what happened, but I just know this, that we need to get rid of all of distractions. And then we turn our eyes on him because he's waiting for us. And he will do miraculous things in and through you as you yield to him and as you surrender to him. It's your choice. He's not going to make you. It's your choice to remove those distractions. And I pray that you do and that you renew your mind and you be still and in his presence and you read the word and meditate upon the word. You don't have to read every chapter. Just meditate on one verse all day long. Think about that verse and think about Jesus because he's waiting for you so desperately with outstretched hands because he loves you just so much and he will do wonderful things for you in you and on you and through you as you do that as you yield and surrender just raise your hands quick come on you can take that out of the atmosphere when the testimony comes right we just Lord I want that testimony I don't want to be distracted by anything Lord we receive the joy of the Lord we receive the, the knocking down of everything that would distract us, Father. Focused, we're intentional. We're intentional to find you and seek you and encounter you. And Lord, you want to encounter us. And so we just take that right now. Holy Spirit, you're so, so good. You're so good.
1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 1. And I don't know, the Lord was laying this heavy on me today. and I'm not really even going to read them. How's that? <laughs> I might read some of it. But I just felt like there's a... I just went through these questions again. I know I haven't taken an offering. I haven't forgot about it. I might do it at the end. I just don't feel like doing it. Okay? Remember what Pastor Todd Smith spoke to us on Thursday, uh, it was Thursday night. And these three questions, they, they beckon me constantly. That's why I'm just going to rehearse them. They constantly beckon me. That God, he comes to eva evaluate the environment. I'm just going to give you the three things again, and we're going to rehearse them a couple times because there's something. He takes our temperature, and he measures our capacity. It's basically what I just read to you out of Revelation chapter 11, verse 1. But I saw it in a different light this afternoon as I was just meditating on the word. And I decided to go back through Kings because of a conversation I had last night. First, actually, this is the book, first book of the Kings, it's called. They called 1 Samuel the first book of the Kings. But I just felt like the heart, I just want to go through the, the life of David again because there's something about the life of David that pleased the Lord, right? He was attracted to David. How many want, oh, I just want to be like a beacon that says, God, here I am. I'm right here. And there was something that David had attached to. It was his heart. But it was just, it beckoned the Lord. And the Lord loved that. Out of all, all the characters, I don't care, you put any of the New Testament characters, Peter, the Apostle Paul, I just feel like David had this, God, come get me. From a, from a youth, even through his, his, some of the messed up things that happened in his family, there was something inside of him. But there was a reason. It was because he, he evaluated. He evaluated. He was intentional with the Lord. And so tonight, I just want to hit a couple of things and out of this scripture, and I really feel like the Lord is, you know, I have to say this, I sense the Lord moving in such a way in this, in this season. You know, I feel like I just have to walk softly, right? I just want to walk softly. I want to, it's not like he flies, he does fly away if we don't, if we're not sensitive, right? It's like, remember the dove, right? But I feel like it's not like he's looking to leave, he's looking to stay. And this is what I want us to be very, very conscious of. The Lord has come, and he wants to stay. So every time we gather together, every time you're in your prayer closet, wherever you are, 
the Lord wants to come and stay with you and visit with you. And it's just like Donna said, what are we doing? Are there distractions? Are there things? Do we, do we, do we uh, cultivate an environment that he wants to stay put in? And I say these things not to, I'm not, I don't want to be negative, but I want to evaluate, okay? I want to just take a, a look and, and nothing actually in here is really negative. Listen, we see Hannah as a, as a picture of the bride. And I, I just have to look because there's, there's some things that line up with what the Lord is wanting to do in this hour. And there's, listen, if I, if I think about how much this lines up with today and where we are, I, I'm, I'm just astounded. And so we need to understand that God is not here to scratch my itch. Come on, somebody. He is not here to take care of what's itching me and bothering me. And, I've been, and I'm not saying that to be mean. I'm saying God is here to take care of all of that. But the reality is he's looking for hearts that are postured and will not just, will just say, God, I'm just after you in such a way. I, I, there's a groan inside of me that has to have all that I can of you. And it doesn't matter about my stuff. It doesn't matter about my, my things that you're trying to. I know he's trying to take care of all of our stuff that gets in the way. But he's not here to scratch my itch. Because I get really, you know, I can really become. Here's my itch. Is I'm, I'm dissatisfied a lot. Anyone in the room like that? I get dissatisfied. I get bored. I want to change things. I want to change it up, switch it up. It's got to be, you know. So it's, it's hard to just rest and allow the Holy Spirit to come because most of the things that he wants to do is in my consistency and my, my just pure seeking his face. And so I just want you to look at this because, listen, even if we look at Elkanah, which is the, the husband it's the husband of Hannah and then Paniah. And I just want you to see some things because there's some symbolic things that I want us to look at because uh, Elkanah's name was this. It's God has created and has taken possession. His name meant that God has come and created and taken possession. Just note that. And then... Penaniah, sorry I said it wrong the first time, is the pearl or precious stone. And then Hannah, of course, is favor and grace. And I just want us to look at a couple things because we see this, we see that, that Elka, El, stumbling over the names tonight. Elkanah is the one who has, he gives all his children, all of Penaniah's children, uh, offerings to give, and then he gives Hannah the double portion. And now there's problems with the two wives. And I'm telling you, that's a picture of the church today. It's just really clear. It's really, really clear. And there's one that, that, has, that feels entitled. And then there's Hannah. There's one that really has the favor of God and the double portion that's, that's already been given and that, that, the, that Jesus is constantly giving out. But I, I'm telling you, there's another bride that we need to be careful that we don't become that bride. 
that we're entitled to things. And even, even if, even if, even if our neighbors, even if our, even if the church, I, I thought about this. I had to ask the Lord because I felt like he said, well, what if revival breaks out in the church up the street? Oh, you think that's like the, your pastor's worth nightmare. It happens up the street. What happens? What happens? I go and I serve. We go and we serve. Jesus, help us. What happens if revival's happening in the person next to you? <laughs> Look at your name and say it is. <laughs> Revival is happening in the, right in you right now. And I believe this. I, listen, I, and there has to be this, this humility, right? Because Hannah was the one who was barren. It was as if the Lord had cursed her. Right? The, the blessing of the Lord wasn't there, but her name was favor. She lived in this place of intercession and groaning. And I'm saying this tonight because I believe that there is a groan that's already starting. And I want to be very, very careful. I want to be very, very careful. I want to be ultimately super, almost oversensitive to the surroundings around us. And I believe that God is not just moving here. He's moving in other places. I don't think it's all about this place by any means, because some of you come from other places tonight. Amen. And I, I want to see, I want to see a world like the, the world of God just begin a whirlwind over the entire region. And so how does that happen? That happens because we posture ourselves in that place to say, I will bring forth that which you require of me. And, and I feel like I have to evaluate the environment, right? So Hannah had to evaluate what God was doing in her or the lack thereof. Somebody because God is, the Holy Spirit wants to do things and sometimes we're not seeing the fullness of it. And it's because we, we, can I tell you, it's easy to get discouraged in the midst of God moving and you don't even know. It's easy to come under a weight of condemnation when God is already moving in your life and you feel like I'm doing something wrong. Believe me. But we're in a season where the Holy Spirit is coming and he says, I'm about to, I am pouring out my spirit. You just don't see the manifestation of it yet. I'm, a, I'm doing these things inside of you and watch and see what I do. So in the midst of a backslidden priesthood, Samuel is in the heavenly places somewhere. Samuel, the, and, and, and let me tell you how important Samuel was. Samuel really had to go before the people because, and, and he said, do you want a king or do you want God? Because God wanted to be king. Oh, Jesus, help us. The Lord, he wants to be king. And so what God is trying to birth inside of the church right now is this genuine move, this powerful move of God that he is calling and everyone in this room to. 
and people outside this room too. Hello, I'm just talking to these people right here. But the reality is he's calling everyone to this place of intercession, of crying out, of watching him begin to manifest himself and move. And I'm telling you, there is something that's happening. Listen, Sunday morning Christianity is the greatest hindrance to the genuine move of God. We have to be careful and beware. That's why we meet at night. (laughs) No, teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I'm teasing. I know. That's the first thing that came to my mind. Right? I'm like, but it's true. Right? Our Sunday morning ritual. uh, You know, we give the, uh, we we do the worship. We take the offering. We do all the right things. and, And I'm okay, right, with that. We have to. Right? But I'm telling you, it's detrimental to what God wants to do in this time. That's why I could so feel, I could see the wind of God. And I could see the Lord, like the wind was rattling, rattling, and rattling, and moving the eagle's nest. And people were holding on for dear life. I'm telling you, it's a word for us. People are holding on for dear life. I don't want to fall out of the nest. But literally, literally, the Lord is trying to shake us out of the nest. All the air is clear up here. It's clear. And he wants to move in the place where the winds are and the flow of the Holy Spirit. And so it was Rick Joyner that I, I just robbed that. I robbed that quote, but it, I believe it's true. It's, he, he said that when it, it's not about leading, when God begins to move and do a new thing, it's not about leading, and I'm butchering it, but it's about following what the Holy Spirit's doing. So yes, there's leaders and people that do, but it's like I have to be abandoned. Leaders in in the region have to be abandoned. Like, I'm not not touching it. I watched this video this week. For whatever reason, it was Brownsville, and I gave it to her, sent it out to a couple people, but it was conversations about revival. And this is them sitting, like, whatever, this year, talking about it. Lendo Cooley and and John Kilpatrick, and they were talking about not wanting, people not wanting to leave the church, first of all, because they were afraid God was going to leave. Number two, they didn't want, and listen, I'm not into seven days a week. Jesus, we can't even handle, you know, 16 hours at a time. We did. But the reality is, it's a lot, right? This is why I was saying two weeks ago or or Sunday, we have to be able to have a capacity to hold God, to retain what God's about to do. I'm talking to every born-again believer in this place. God is going to have different, the Holy Spirit's going to have different expressions as to how he releases his spirit in these days. He's going to do different things through different people. But we, listen, we have to be in a place where, listen, I'm not going to curse out the pastor next to me. Oh. What if the church up the street is having an expansion project? And God's moving. And he, sells, he tells us to sow. 
Yeah, make it bigger so people can go. Oh, wait, that's a threat. That's a threat to me and my existence. No, where Jesus smells death, that's where he shows up. Where the Lord comes and he smells death, that's me dying. I'll talk to me tonight. That's me dying. That's me throwing all my stuff aside, putting it in a suitcase and launching it into the sea. The sea of forgetfulness, so I don't know, ever remember what it was. <laughs> this is what he wants to do. And I, I just have to be in this place. God, am, we don't want to be lukewarm. We don't want to be cold. We don't want to be almost hot. We want to be white hot. And so this, this whole Sunday morning thing of coming in and punching in, Sunday afternoon, whatever, <laughs> punching in and leaving, we leave when the Lord's done, amen? We leave when the Holy Spirit's done. So, and I don't want, I want to make a conscious decision in my mind, and you do too, ready? Whether we're going to try and micromanage what God's doing, Control it. This is how you work in my life, God. I don't have parameters for this. I just, this is how you have to work. Ready? Because God wants to come and he wants to expand us so that we're, we're completely letting him have control. That means I don't have control. That means it's uncontrolled. Now, the problem is here, right? Herein, the temperature, right? Can I trust you? The Lord was saying this to me. Can I trust you if I show up, if I begin to manifest my presence and you get all the crazy weird people in? I love you all here tonight. Do you understand what I'm saying? That when God begins to come, it attracts everybody. The critics, the people that need it, and the flakes and nuts. Cocoa puffs. Right? But here's the deal. I still, we still have to be in a posture where the Lord is like you love them anyway. You love everyone that comes in. And if demonized people come in, they need deliverance. That's just how it's going to be, right? Because if the kingdom of God is here, demons will manifest. If the kingdom of God is here, then healing is going to manifest. It's all those things. I don't even have to preach about signs and wonders to this crowd. Because the reality is that's what's involved. But more so, I'm not concerned. I loved what Pastor Todd was bringing. Was I'm not concerned about all that stuff. That stuff will come. But when he rolls in, as he rolls in, because I feel the rolling in. I can sense the rolling in. I can, I can, I can discern the rolling in. But what is, are we going to sit? I, I, I don't want to be in pride. I don't want to be in a place where I'm, I'm expecting God's going to show up. I don't want to get frustrated with the people that aren't stepping into it. Come on, you're here on a Friday night. You're hungry. I'm preaching to the wrong crowd. But the reality is that there's some people that don't want it. And there's some people that you, like I, like I saw about the, the wind blowing the, the nest. There's some people that are just trying to stay in the nest. They don't want to get out. They don't want to allow the Holy Spirit to blow them out and wind catch under their wings. And who knows what can happen in my life. 
And so he comes to evaluate. He comes to check hearts. And, he, and sometimes, sometimes the Lord is wanting to come, but he can't because our hearts are far from him. The whole thing on, on Friday night, he, whew, if it wasn't tied down, he was knocking it over. And I loved it. And he didn't have to apologize. Like, I'm never coming back. No, we'll have that message back. Come back. Because we want to remove everything that gets in the way of God moving. We want to just disperse it and give it before the Lord and get rid of every wicked thing that's inside of me. Because the pure place, the place that's pure, the place that's, that's not, you know, I'm not trying to do stuff just to get by, but he's coming in to get the, those, those things that need to come out. And he was looking for a place that he can land like that. Amen. Amen. So let me just tell you, because the enemy comes to unleash all kinds of stuff to try and discourage the people of God. <laughs> Are you hearing me? He comes and he tries to discourage. He tries to bring the, we were talking about Nehemiah. He's those whispers at the wall that are saying, that are trying to discourage what you're trying to walk into and build with the Lord. You're building it with the Lord. You're not doing it on your own. You're allowing the Lord to give you the, the, the trowel to build and the sword to fight. And, and there has to be a place where the Holy Spirit is giving us to this place. So, listen, Hannah was in this place where she was weeping and travailing. Weeping, travailing. Weeping and travailing. And it said that she had bitterness of soul. And she prayed to the Lord and wept in anguish. Listen, what, what was going on in her heart, and later it talks about, says, a sorrowful spirit. And really that's, that's some place where you're going before the Lord and the Lord, had, there, is, there is legal, legal, legal right to step in to what God has in the spirit. And this is what Hannah was dealing with. It's legal right to step in to the things that God has already set aside for those who love him. And so this, this thing with Hannah and the emergence of a beautiful bride without spot or wrinkle that will dedicate everything that comes forth from her and will put it before the Lord, bear it before the Lord. Some of the historians say that every child that she bore, she ended up having five. I don't know if it's counting Samuel. But five was the number. Three boys, two girls. It says that be, as she bore more children... The other wife began to lose children. It's messed up. It's because of bitterness and competition and all these things. Listen, we are not competing with anyone. You're not competing with anyone. If there's any competition, God wants to slay it, take it down, knock it out, right? And then I love this fact because, <laughs> because we have here, it says, says that Eli was watching her as she was in anguish. I'm thinking this was the Holy Ghost before we even know about the Holy Ghost because it says that her lips were moving and she wasn't saying anything. And he thought that she was, oh, drunk. And God wants to pour out his spirit in such a way, and it may not look, it's, it could look like travail. It could look like you're, you're drunk, and you could, could look like you're completely out of control. Are you okay with that? Are you okay with out of control? Are you okay with, with having a, 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 
a, a spiritual encounter that may look like you're looking like you got wiped out in a drunken stupor. Oh, come on, some people. They used to drag you out in the old days. Let's just figure out, let's just figure out now, right? Just determine in your heart that when the Lord comes, I'll do whatever it looks like. Uh, however he wants to come and however travail wants to come on my life, I'm good. I'm game for it. I want it to come. As a matter of fact, I'm, I'm like a magnet like David. God, bring it. Come on, bring it on. I don't care what I look like. I'm not going to be in a, in a place where I, I have to look all polished. Listen, sometimes heaven seems shut up. I'm going to bring everyone down in a second. Sometimes it seems like it's shut up, but you have to pray through, and God wants to bring us into this. In, it's a singular revival before it goes corporate. Ready? It has to go from everything being shut up to you realize, oh, it's all open. And he pours out his spirit, and he pours out his spirit in such a way that we walk out of here and they, they send the police. They're all drunk. They got in their cars. They pull us over one by one. No one can blow a breathalyzer at all. Come on, somebody. I've been like that before. Not knowing if I should drive. Come on. <laughs> oh. But the enemy will try to harass and try to shut it down. And try to, ready? He'll do it individually. He'll bring discouragement individually, but he wants to release just open, open heavens for you, right? And so, he takes the temperature. So the Sunday cattle runs we're getting rid of, right? I don't know, you know what I'm saying. It's okay if you got to have double services and you're blessed like that, but I just feel like how, how, you can't have a cattle run. You can't be pumping them in and pumping them out. When does God have a time to move? We have to ask the Lord, are we making a place where he wants to come? I'd rather pack it out, move to another place. Pack it out, move to another place. Pack it out, move to another place. If it goes like that. Amen? No, the Lord wants to do this, and he doesn't want it to look like the old and he's got something brand new. I could hear it by the Spirit. I'm, I'm releasing the new. I'm releasing the new. I'm releasing the new. And we need, you want the new, but you don't know how to interpret the new. So don't allow what's new to discourage you. So we want to be as Hannah, right? Because the prophetic voice was about to be birthed. And, and the Lord is wanting to release the prophetic voice. It's not just about the prophets, it's about the fivefold. But he wants to release a move of God. And that is going to look prophetically like something powerful. There will be signs, wonders, miracles. And we know that. But the reality is he wants it to look like what he wants, wants it to look like. Nothing, nothing else, right? We have to make room for him. And it's not ever exclusive to any one person. Ready? Are we focused on his face or are we focused on what he's going to do? Verse 18. 
This is what she's saying. She's crying out. It's going to go to 16. Do not consider your maidservant a wicked woman or out of the abundance of my complaint and grief. I've spoken until now. And then Eli said, go in peace and the God of Israel grant your petition which you have asked of him. And let your maid, and she said, let your maid servant find favor in your sight. So the woman went away and ate, and her face was no longer sad. And then she rose early, then they rose early in the morning, and worshiped before the Lord. Returned and came to the house at Ramah. And let me just say, Ramah is the high place. Rama is the elevated place. Rama is the place where things are birthed above. And it says that um, the Lord remembered Hannah, and so it came to pass in the process of time that Hannah conceived and bore a son and called his name Samuel because I have asked the Lord of him. And so I just want us to to understand that death, that when we, we allow the Lord to absolutely empty us, ready? Surrender is the thing that we, I have to ask the Lord for surrender, not just once a week. Sometimes three, four times a day. Lord, I need to surrender to you. What does my surrendering look like in this moment? Because sometimes we're coming into confrontation with people. Sometimes we're coming into just a little bit of tension. Hello. A little bit of tension. And the Lord says, are you going to die to that? Because where, where I die, where it, it draws his attention. Where I lay it down, it draws God's attention. Where I think I don't have to be right, it draws God's attention. Oh, some, that's good. Where I think I need to be proven or I need to be vindicated. And I lay it down anyway. It gets God's attention. I want the Lord's attention. I've made mistakes in the past of trying to be vindicated. <laughs> Come on. I know I'm the only one in the room. It's, it's the only place where the Lord is requiring us to die is in our decisions to stay and allow the Lord to do the work inside of us, right? Come on. And we focus on his face and not his hands. So I'm, I'm, my, I'm asking him to come. I'm, I'm, relieved. I'm asking him to, to remove everything that hinders me from coming in. He wants to come in. He wants, he's knocking at the door right now, and he wants to come in. And so I really feel like, he, listen, he wants to do that. Tommy Tenney put it this way, the more death he smells, the closer he comes. <laughs> That's scary. The more death he smells, the closer he comes. Resurrection power did not come until the Lord Jesus Christ gave his life on the cross. Resurrection didn't come until he was three days dead and he stinked. The Holy Spirit's coming in such a way. Winky Pratney, ready? I'll give some revival quotes. Winky Pratney, how many know who that is? Probably nobody. Great. It's okay. 
Revival brings back the holy shock to apathy and carelessness. Let me read it again. Revival brings back the holy shock to apathy and carelessness. What does that mean? That means that where we don't, where we're totally insensitive to what God's doing. What does that mean? That means this whole team in this place, you need to be more sensitive to your brother or your sister than, and allow and allow the Holy Spirit to work inside of you. Because we can't host events unless God's process is working in us. And I love everyone anyway. And I'm not going to consider, I'm not going to continue to pick and complain. Oh, I know, it's a little house cleaning. Ready? That God wants to come in the purity of his holiness. And what, what's holy is looks like I completely surrender to the Lord. That means my will and my emotions and what I want to say, I shut my mouth. Oh, because it's all your flesh. Am I being mean? Okay. <laughs> what I want to say, come on, this is me. I'm preaching to myself. Sometimes I get in a mode where I just want to say something. Hello. Come on, it applies in your home. It applies everywhere we go. I want to say something, but I shouldn't say something. And if I just allow the Lord to crucify that, amen, 28 years of marriage tomorrow. There's a lot, a, lot, a lot of crucifying. Come on, on my part, not hers. Amen. He measures our capacity. And I just love this. And I'm just going to end with this because there's something powerful that I felt like the Lord was speaking. How much can we take? How much can you take, actually, if the Lord comes in? I mean, we manifest all kinds of things, and we fall down, we flop around, and we, it's good. I'm, I'm all for revival and walking over bodies. I like that. I don't mind it. But here's the deal. If God actually shows up, how much can we take? No, I mean, really, Jesus shows up. <laughs> I'm not talking about my, my Holy Ghost Manifestation, because sometimes it's real, sometimes it's not. Sometimes my herky-jerky isn't the true jerky-herky. I know that's on tape. That's weird. That I, it's weird I said tape. <laughs> but the reality is this. God is looking for people that can take all that he has. We call, we cry out for the fullness of God. I want the fullness of God. Everyone in this room wants the fullness of God. But there's a story of Smith Wigglesworth being in. Who was he? Oh God, I don't even know. I didn't even write it down. He was in New Zealand. That's where he was. He was in New Zealand and he had called 11 leaders to come pray with him. 11 leaders. The first night they gathered, the power of God hit the room. All the 11 others crawled out of the room. He finished the prayer meeting by himself. 
The next night, the fire of God hit. The holy fire, the burning fire of God hit. Same thing happened. One, one guy stayed, but eventually crawled out of the room. I say this because, you know, we read things like that, and I'm like, really? But I've said to you about the Hebrides revivals. I've said to you about, you know, certain revivals that God rolls in, and it's as if he apprehends this entire region. And what does that look like? Are we magnets for that? Can we handle the capacity in which God wants to come? Because this is what I'm asking the Lord for. God, give me the capacity. If, 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 and it can't just be one glory carrier. We talk about God wanting to touch and hit everyone, you know, with moving in their gifts and all that stuff. Listen, it's not a little dabble, do you? It's, listen, here's the thing. The Lord wants to come in such a way to overtake you. But who can stand in the presence of the Lord? That's what Jeremiah said. Who can stand in the presence of the Lord? I'm not saying we don't fall down anymore. What I am saying is when God shows up, when he begins to invade a meeting, when, when we come to prayer and actually we can't move. You know, Collins brought that, that verse last Sunday that was the first part, but the second part was that the, the glory of the Lord came and consumed the offering. And then the priest, this is Old Testament now, the priest could not stand. The Bible says that Jesus, Jesus, when he walked and they were trying to seize him, they all fell. Why? Because the glory of God was on him. And I'm telling you tonight, the Lord, the glory is wanting to invade every person who's represented here. And he wants to invade what you're doing. And he wants to invade your neighborhood. And he wants to invade your house. And he wants, listen, if my prayer closet can be so filled with God's glory, and I can sit there and retain, and not be distracted by my phone, and not read 17 chapters of the Bible, it's okay. I, we do all our disciplines. Right? And there's daily disciplines that we do. But what happens when the, the glory comes and the presence, the tangible presence of who he is begins to invade that one space. That means you begin to understand what it, co what's co what it will cost you to walk in the fullness of his presence. Because we don't have the capacity to even give the time to that, nor do we have the capacity. I'm not, con hello, I'm not killing anyone. I'm just saying the reality is this is what he wants to do now. When I said the wind's here, the wind is here to do that. I believe the wind is here. I believe Donna testified to that. Shut it off and go for him, and he will touch you entirely. And it doesn't have to be just once in a while. It can be every day that you go to the presence of the Lord, and we, we, we get before the, the Lord, even in this place. What would happen if corporately we came in on, on the next Friday night fog and the, and the Holy Spirit just came in and bared down on us in such a way that we wouldn't want to leave till 3.30 in the morning? I want to be prepared for that because the, the Lord wants to do it. It's a matter of can we retain it. And I'm not saying we have to have 3 o'clock in the morning meetings every night. Do you understand? And so there, there's this. So 
I just want to be in a place. I want you to be in a place. I want to be prepared for what he's going to do in this hour. I want to be ready. I want my, my lamp trimmed and the oil full, right? That's part of it. But I, I desire... I desire that my capacity, Lord, would I be an environment? Would I be the place where you can drop in? Would I be a landing strip for you? Would I be the place where you said that your feet are on the, on the earth as a throne? Will I be that earth? Oh, come on, you're made out of earth. Somebody in this place, really, will I be that place where he can set his feet and he and he begins to release decrees across the region and begins to set in order. Because can I say what this is about? This is not about us. This is about the Lord reigning. It's not about me and a ministry. It's not about anyone in a ministry. It's about the Lord coming to the earth, ruling and reigning through his people who look and act and begin to breathe. And we begin to prophesy. And, we, and like, actually, like the two witness, we begin to decree things and they're established everywhere we go. Everywhere we go. If, if, if there's things coming against you, you, you begin to declare it and it shifts and changes. Like, like I want to pray that broken bones will just mend right away right we declare it and decree it tonight but the reality is I'm not seeing it and so when I'm not seeing it that says I don't want to be frustrated I'm not going to be frustrated I'm going to position myself that God would have an environment here that he would have a place here that I would be I would have the capacity to take everything that he has and my temperature would be white hot that he would not even worry he would not even look twice he'll say that one's burning this one here he's he, they're burning everyone in the room is burning for me and and i have a place to come and i have a place to show up and it's not just for a moment but it's for an a, a habitation it's not just for a visitation it's for a habitation we live with him and he comes and so I'm expecting, and I actually was on a phone call today where God was moving over in Springfield, like, powerfully. And I'm like, I want to go over. Come on, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a revival hound. I want to know what's happening. I want to go. I want to get in it. I don't care who's carrying it. You know what? They're young kids, and they, I think they're just worshiping, and it's just nonstop. But I don't, here's the deal. Why not here? Why not now? Why not when I go to my couch and get before him fire comes and that when I come here together with us all of us in a corporate meeting then the fire burns even brighter and we don't see we don't we don't like oh, I think that is that Jesus no it's Jesus that the glory that was upon him is upon us I don't know that's what my bible says that the glory that he has is in me. It is, it is, it already is, but it's not manifesting on the outside yet. So what is revival? What is an outpouring? What is an awakening? I don't have these three things to tell you that that's my checklist, but it is. It's a good barometer for what, what the atmosphere is in my life. And God wants the atmosphere of heaven on your life. Heaven is attracted to you. Why?
right, I'm just gonna receive the offering and, and the glory, how's that? And then we'll pray. Spirit is just, I mean, you guys can just go. We're, we're just going to pray. It's sanctified, believe me. <laughs> Listen, if you're given the glory, you're good, right? I just feel like I just feel like the Holy Spirit has positioned us. How many sense? I, I know people from out of town in different places, so how many in this room are sensing that God is doing something beyond the norm? Beyond like, we're not doing church as normal. And, and I just, I say that because the fire of God wants to come and consume everything. And I just want to be a resting place for him. You just want to be a resting place for him. So I'm going to challenge you tonight. And there is impartation in the room tonight. God wants to release something to you. What it looks like is a barometer. It's the place where you discern where you're at with the Lord. And I just, I make room. I adjust. I adjust the atmosphere. And what, where it comes from is the fire of God. stand with me for one minute we're just gonna I'll just release you but I want you to see we want the fire of God how many want the fire of God can you handle it can you handle it because that's my question across this room tonight that's the question to myself can I handle what God has <laughs> that's what I wonder every day can I handle God what you have for me right now in this moment can I make a place where you can just come and fill me with fire? Because the fire does two things. It sets you on fire. You're a burning messenger, but the fire also purifies. And so when that burning glory comes, because when the glory of God, as it's here even tonight, as he's rolled in this place tonight, because I can see, because when the atmosphere changes, it's in the room, he's in the room right now, and he's been in the room with us, but I can see when the thing shifts. And there's something that he wants to release for you. And some of you, it's just like, God, forgive me for being presumptuous, because I don't want to be as, as Penaniah, I don't want to be the one. To think that I'm entitled to something. I want to be Hannah. I want to position my heart like Hannah. Where I will not. Nothing will shut down what you want to do in my life. 
because there's a prophetic promise that's being birthed in the region. There's a prophetic promise that's being birthed in the region, and it's going to take more than one to bring it forth. When the army... Let me put it this way. When covenant men and women come together and begin to look and see what the Lord is doing and be able to discern, begin to discern what he's doing, and we go before the Lord, the Lord begins to open things up like we've never understood. So I'm going to invite you tonight, just come and allow the Holy Spirit to work in you. And I believe, I believe that we leave with something of tangible, like eternally tangible to take. So that I walk with it, I take it home, and I cultivate that which he's already put inside of me. So, Father, we thank you for more tonight. We thank you for the for above and beyond what we've ever thought or imagined. God, we thank you. I thank you for a covenantal fire in this place tonight. I thank you that it burns out the things that we don't need, and I thank you that it sets on fire the things that we do need. And, Lord, we thank you for covenantal fire tonight. And, Lord, we're asking, Lord, that you bring forth. And, Lord... Here's the thing. Whatever you do in me, I give it to you. I give it back to you because that's the thing about Hannah. She gave it back to the Lord. It's not yours and it's not about us. It's about God coming and when he comes, he reveals himself and he births something in you that you give back to the Lord. That means it's wholly submitted to the Father. It's completely submitted to the Holy Ghost. Oh, what does that look like? Jesus, help us right now, right now. Help us right now in your presence.